I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everyone, the Pirates are headed toward glory. They are undefeated in Grapefruit Ball. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. You know, in conjunction with multiple daily shots of caffeine in order to even joke about that level of optimism. But hey, hey, the Pirates did beat the Orioles 6-4. to four. Yesterday in Sarasota, Florida, it was their exhibition opener. It also meant nothing, just as all spring results mean nothing. When the Pirates went, whatever that was, a week and a half last spring without winning a game, that meant nothing. This year it'll mean even less than nothing with these bizarre rules. Uh, Necessary, but bizarre that allow the managers to just cut off innings in mid-inning, to cut off the game whenever it is that they're comfortable cutting off the game so that they don't have to drag a ton of extra pitchers around and they can mitigate the number of players who potentially exposed and all that stuff. So, for example, in one of these innings, the Pirates had runners at first and second, and O'Neill Cruz was due up with two outs, and Baltimore's manager just said, my pitchers had enough. And that was it. (laughs) That was the end of the inning. So O'Neill Cruz is thinking he's got a couple of ducks out there. You know, if he he rakes one somewhere, it's going to look really good for O'Neill Cruz. And next thing you know, (laughs) he's just going to get in his glove. Uh, So don't, please, don't read anything into spring wins and losses. Uh, I assure you that I won't either, regardless of how these go. However, however as is going to be a running theme for the duration of this calendar year, individual performances will and should matter. And as such, out of everyone who participated yesterday, the one that jumps out for me is the one who really should be jumping out to management maybe more than he is, and that's Kevin Newman. Uh, Two for two out of the leadoff spot with a walk, Scored two runs, which is exactly what you want out of that spot. I'm not sure that he'll be the Pirates' leadoff hitter. Heck, I'm not sure he'll be the shortstop. You know why? Because they've set up a stage, Derek Shelton and the rest of management, where they are at least claiming publicly to have a three-man competition for the job. All of which... I find awkward and unnecessary and possibly even counterproductive. Newman is the guy that you want to win that job on every level. 
because he had the 2019 season and it didn't get erased by his dramatic drop-off in 2020 any more than Brian Reynolds' season from 2019 got erased by his 2020 drop-off. They still happened, and they were still sustained over the full six months in both cases, Reynolds and Newman. Newman isn't the superior defender out of the three. In fact, he might be third on that list, although not necessarily a distant third. But he's absolutely the guy that you want there from a where-do-you-find-a-place-in-the-field-to-put-that-bat standpoint. Newman is that guy. If you are serious, and I very much believe these gentlemen to be serious when it comes to building this team up for the future, you aren't having Eric Gonzalez be part of any kind of competition. Eric Gonzalez is exactly what he is. What is your best-case scenario by having Gonzalez win that starting job? If he plays great for a month and wins the job, we've seen that script before because he did it in 2020, and it didn't mean a blessed thing. Because sooner rather than later, he'll go right back to being Eric Gonzalez again. You are not going to develop trade market for him because suitors aren't stupid. They know he's got more of a history than whatever he'll show this year and what he showed for one month, one half of last year. So I'm not getting that one at all. Gonzalez might be uniquely suited on this roster to be a universal backup in the infield. He can play third, short, second. He can do anything. He's he's a terrific defender. He's got a great attitude. I, I didn't see the harm in just saying to him, hey, work your way around the diamond here. Let's, let's pl- plug you in at a lot of different positions and see how the spring goes. See who gets hurt. See who's really, really ineffective. But Interjecting him into a shortstop competition, I don't get. Cole Tucker's different. Cole is 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 younger, significantly younger than Gonzalez, but also a good bit younger, uh, four years younger than Newman. And you want to have hope for him. This is one of the most lovable athletes in all of professional sports. He just has to be. You want to root for the guy, but he's got to hit, as I told him myself last week face-to-face in Bradenton. He's got to hit. He's got to hit. We can get all uh, warm and fuzzy over when he legs out a triple and he gets all animated and he's looking back at the dugout, pumping his fist and his hair's flying all over the place. And we, Yeah, Cole Tucker, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he's not going to be able to steal first base. He has to find a way to hit, and he's got to hit with some pop, too. That's going to involve a couple of things on his end. One is that he's got to shrink his strike zone uh, and develop more plate discipline so he can find, you know, an alternative way to get to first base. Secondly, he's got to stop that seesaw uh, horse rocker motion that he has in the batter's box that, to me, takes away any possibility for him developing 
pop in his bat. And when I'm talking about pop, I'm not talking about home runs. I just mean driving the ball. He doesn't even drive the ball. Very weak exit velocity and contact rate. Uh, He's got a hit. So here again, what's the competition here? What's the competition? What's really being done is that the Pirates are sending a message, I believe, to Newman that what he did in 2020 wasn't good enough. And I think under a normal circumstance, I'd get that, except that Newman is wired in an intense way. You'd never question his effort, dedication, or his commitment. So it's not like you'd think to yourself, you know, if we really push Newman, he's going to try harder and he's going to... No, that can't be it. Maybe he'll focus more. No, can't be it. That's just not it. Not with this guy. If you think I'm about to come up with an answer here for you as to why they're doing this, I really don't have one. I don't believe that they do either. Uh, I've asked. I've asked, and the answers I've gotten have been the same ones that you've heard and read, which is that, you know, this is just how they're doing it. They're having a competition here. Let the best guy win. I'm here to tell you that, A, there really shouldn't be a competition. B, I don't know that there even is one. I really don't. If you're this management team and you're taking Newman and you're discarding him in favor of Gonzalez, who doesn't have a future here, or Tucker, who has yet to prove in any form that he can hit at this level, then you're already veering off what looks to be a smart and dedicated course toward building this team up for the future. Kevin Newman's not a kid. He's 27 years old. So he's not... You know, a guy that you would look at and say, wow, there's this really super high ceiling here. He can still become this or that. But because he's only played the 2019 season and however one would categorize the 2020 season, he has time. He has service time. He has major league service time. The Pirates have many years of control with Kevin Newman. He can be a part of this team when it gets good, to borrow, uh, I shouldn't say borrow, to paraphrase kind of awkwardly (laughs) Ben Charrington's uh, often used phrase. Uh, I believe he phrases it as, you know, the next winning Pirates team. That's how he says it. He doesn't say the next time they're good. But you get the idea. He can be part of that. The other two I'm, I'm not so sure about. So, The fact that Newman got off to a nice little start yesterday, that means a heck of a lot more than the final score of the game. It still doesn't mean much at all. There's a long, long way to go in spring training and everything. But uh, this is is what you want out of this position. This is what I want out of this position. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Open for business, stop in and say hello, tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's question comes from The Confluence, who asks, question for your daily shot of Pirates. In retrospect, do you think it was merely Neil Huntington's trade philosophy that resulted in his trades acquiring middling prospects rather than high-ceiling ones that Ben Charrington has gotten so far in his tenure? I wish you'd further have explained what you meant by the question, so I'm not left in this position where I've got to try to figure it out. But because I think I can figure it out, I'm going to give it my best anyway. I think what you're asking is if it was Neil Huntington's own decision to have a direction where he would trade Garrett Cole for three whatever AAA guys and one prospect, as opposed to just getting a boatload of actual prospects the way Charrington just did for Joe Musgrove. If that's your question, and I think I genuinely think it is, it's really, really a good question and a fair question, it also comes with a really firm answer, yes. And I'm not guessing at that because I've heard that over the years come directly from Neil Huntington's mouth, uh, including in informal discussions. His feeling was that when you trade someone like a Jason Bay, Xavier Nady, that's obviously earlier in his tenure, later on, uh, you know, Garrett Cole and, and others along the way, that you can't risk whiffing on the whole group. You've got to have at least some parts that are close to the majors. And uh, within that, you've also got to make sure that you're not pulling the rug out from underneath your existing major league team, meaning the players and the coaching staff and the manager. I'm not explaining this to you as if I agreed with any of it. Never did. Never liked it. Never liked any of those trades. You can look up my reaction to every last one of them. 
Because to me, when you're moving out people like Bay, Nady, Cole, and others, you've got to be bringing in high-ceiling guys. For anybody who doesn't understand what the difference is, it's simple. Look at Colin Moran versus Leovera Peguero. There. Now, if you don't know who Leovera Peguero is, maybe I can help a little bit. But Colin Moran is the guy that you bring in. He was 26 years old at the time of the trade. And you say, okay, well, he's hit some. I mean, he did it in the PCL, meaning Pacific Coast League. Uh, so he was hitting at altitude, and his power numbers are going to get warped a little bit. Uh, but you pretty much know what you have. You're not really rolling the dice on him. He's not going to come and crush your soul. He might be a disappointment in the sense that he doesn't get any better, but he's not going to be a disappointment in that he's going to be a, a thousand percent whiff. Leo Verpeguero is a shortstop prospect, one of the two, uh, in a way, three prospects that Charrington picked up from the Diamondbacks in the Starling Marte trade. When I say in a way three, it's because he also picked up uh, the possibility or the allowance to spend more money on an Australian outfield prospect that he also ended up getting that they like, which he wouldn't have been able to pull off without the Marte trade. Piguero is 19 years old at the time of the trade. So was Brendan Malone, by the way, the, the pitcher that they picked up, and they love them both. Piguero instantly was a top five or six prospect in the Pirates system. In that setting, Charrington couldn't care less what the impact is on the Major League roster because of the way this whole thing has been set up. Charrington is worried only about infusing the organization, all of it, the entirety of the organization from Pittsburgh on down to the, to the Dominican Summer League with talent and lots of it, and then letting those players and those instructors and the people who are assigned to uh, evaluate and develop the talent, letting them pit everyone against each other or with each other and work their way up through the system and have there be a, a great big happy clogging of the pipes once they're trying to squeeze into the, into the, the Pittsburgh roster. That has never been done here. It's one reason I get really edgy when I hear people say, same old, same old. This has never been done here. Huntington did not. Uh, I was about to say he did not believe in this. I don't know that he didn't believe in this. This is not a dumb guy. He looked around the league and he saw this thing working. I just think as with a lot of his decision-making, and I do have to throw in that Frank Coonley was also overseeing baseball operations, that between the two of them, you never saw them have the courage, the gumption to do this. Whether it was that they didn't want to face the public with it, whether it was that they were worried about the embarrassment, maybe it's that they were just around for such a long time that they didn't feel they were entitled to a pure rebuild. Does that make sense? That they didn't feel the public or people like me or you were going to go along with it. And you know what? They're right. I'd actually written a lot in the last two years of their tenure, that these guys have worn out their welcome and no one's going to have a patience for a rebuild that they execute because they didn't earn it. I hope that answers your question. Charrington gets to come in 
with a clean slate. But I'll tell you this, Charrington won't get two of these. He just won't. Uh, that's not the environment he's in in Pittsburgh. There isn't going to be patience for seeing something like this happen again and again and again. He's got to really, really, really load up on that talent. Thanks for the question. Really good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.